just over a month ago, we had the youth group at our house. And they're working their way through the book of Philippians. And while I was studying Philippians, it led me to Timothy. And then when I was reading through Timothy, I came across this section that we're going to look at today. And I felt the Lord give me a swift kick in the butt. And it's been bothering me and troubling me for like the last month nonstop. So the thoughts that I had this morning are not thoughts that I brought because I want to share with you. It's the thoughts that the Lord's been kicking me in the butt with. And I figured, you know what, maybe I'll just share it with all of you. Because um, that's what the only thing I've been looking at and studying lately. So uh, it's really been challenging to me that maybe uh, the Lord will use uh, in the same way he's using Uh, let's open a word of prayer real quick first before we start. God, I give you thanks for you the only one. You overcame, you overcame death, you overcame sin, you overcame it all. And by the power of your name, we are saved. We are forgiven. We are redeemed. We are given eternal life. Lord, I pray that the time we have here on earth will be used in a way that is worthy of the calling that you have given us. And I pray now as we look into your word, uh, that it would be you speaking through me, not me, myself, Lord. Because you know that within me there is nothing good. So I pray that it would be your words this morning, and that you will be glorified in it. Your sons, let me pray. Amen. <clears throat> so again, Second Timothy chapter 2. We're going to read the first five verses. Now we'll go six. Second Timothy two, verse one. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men, who will also be qualified to teach others. Now this is Paul speaking, and he's talking to uh, not his blood son. But what he calls his son, someone who cares about very deeply, Timothy. And Timothy is a young man um, who has a desire to serve the Lord. So Paul is entrusting in Timothy some precious knowledge that Paul really wants to impress upon him. Verse 3, endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Reflect on what I am saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. The part I really want to focus on this morning um, is found in verse 4. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Uh, now, most of us were not in the military. I was not in the military. So when it comes across this section here, it's not something that I totally understand well because I don't have any firsthand experience with it. Um, but a couple weeks ago, um, I watched uh, a movie that came out in the early 2000s again for like the second or third time, Black Hawk Down. Uh, it, it takes place in 1993 when our armed forces went into Somalia and they tried to capture um, a tyrant, a terrorist president. And while we flew into the city, uh, two of our helicopters were shot down in the middle of the city. 
And uh, it turned into a really big problem for us. Uh, they captured our soldiers. They pinned them down. And when our base that was just outside town heard of what had happened, all of the friends of the military fellows that were outside the city got word to put together a plan. The plan is we got to rescue our friends. They're trapped behind enemy lines. They're being shot at. They're being killed. They're being dragged through the city, being murdered. we got to go help them. So they devise a plan. They get in their Humvees. They take off. And uh, they're going through town. The problem is that every corner, almost at every corner, the, uh, the terrorists um, and the local men of the town got together and erected barricades and ambushes and, and really made a mess of, of, of what we were trying to do to save our friends. They made it very difficult. Now, when I was watching the movie, and then I watched a documentary of, uh, of the gentleman who actually went in in first-hand account, uh, the things that they were sharing about what their experiences were, there's a lot of things I did not see, a lot of things I did not hear. And it gave me a little insight of what they're talking about when, when the Lord is speaking here about civilian affairs. Um, kind of gave me some understanding of what's going on here. When our soldiers were driving full speed in, you know what? They were not asking each other or talking about the latest football scores wasn't on their mind. They were not talking or looking on their latest social media posts. They weren't doing that. We're not talking about the latest gossip that's happening in Congress. They were not wondering about what was for dinner. They did not care about the newest phones or technology that was coming out on the market. They were not worried about how they're going to pay their bills. They were not Worried about, hey, am I going to get the next promotion at work? They're not worried about the next home improvement project you're going to do in our house. They were not concerned about looking through the advertisements about the best sales for Black Friday coming up. Next level in their video games. And they're not dreaming or planning their next vacation. The list goes on and on and on of the things they were not doing. The entire movie and the entire time that I listened to the documentary, what was the only thing on their mind? Saving their friends, completing the objective. The they ever talked about. All the things that civilians, normal people like you and I who are not part of the military, the things that we involve ourselves in, the things that we care about, the things that we talk about, had no part and no play, no in their world. And it, it challenged me that, wait a minute, the Lord calls me his soldier. Paul says, my fellow soldiers in the Lord, we are here fighting a battle, a spiritual war. We know that. The big overarching thing is, what am I wasting my time on? What am I wasting my time on? Am I wasting my time on selfishness, on selfish things that satisfy me? They were focused on the mission. There was nothing in this world that could interrupt those soldiers on the objective and to follow through with the orders that their commander put forth. The commander back at base put together a plan, devised the routes, devised how they would get their men out, 
He distributed that plan to the soldiers, and they went out. And all they could think about was completing the mission, completing the That was it. We see in Philippians, we see in Corinthians, that we are called fellow soldiers in If that's true, if Christ is the commander, has he put forth orders for us to do as Christians? Are there orders for you and I, the fellow soldiers here on earth, the body of Christ, are there orders for us? The answer is yes, there are orders. And and, and they're pretty straightforward. They've been preached on many times here, just maybe not worded as orders. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples, and baptize them. That's a, that's a command. Go do it. All right. Uh, also one where it says, listen, use your spiritual gifts to edify, to build each other up. There's two commands that Christ has given us pretty plainly, pretty evident in Scripture, that we are to be doing. Complete, uh, go forth, do the Great Commission, and use your spiritual gifts Saints here at Brantford Bible Chapel and the Church Universal. Which objective are you currently working on? Which one of those two are you right now have in mind that you are currently working on? Are you, in this past week, this past year, right now, this morning, have you been thinking about the objective that Christ has given you to share the good news of Jesus Christ? Do you have on the forefront of your mind how I'm going to use my spiritual gift to edify the people in this room? Have you about or actually planning back your mind some things that you You know, I, I challenge you to make a goal and share that goal with a friend. Or other people. Because it helps keep you accountable. Hey, I have this idea. Here's what I want to do. If you keep it to yourself, have you ever had an idea and it never went anywhere because you just kept pushing it off, pushing it off, pushing it off? But if you tell someone about it, hey, Scott, I got this idea. Guess what Scott's going to do next week? He's going to go, hey, so what happened with your idea? And the next week, oh, how's your idea going? So how's your idea going? And you know what? Eventually it might kick me in the butt that maybe I should actually get doing it because I told someone about it and now they're keeping me accountable. And that's a good thing. You know what? What is Satan's biggest goal with Christians? What's Satan's objective with Christians? He knows he cannot have my soul. My soul is already taken. My life is already filled with the Holy Spirit. There is nothing that he can do to change my eternal state. He can't can't take me to hell with him. He knows where he's going. He can't take me with him. I, I'm a child of God, and he knows that. That's very evident to him. He can see the Holy Spirit in me. But you know what he wants to do with me? He wants to make me a distracted soldier. He wants to make me an unuseful servant. He wants to make me an un. Because if he can do that, then one... I'm not pleasing my commander, which that's what he, he, he loves. He loves to do anything that displeases God. So if he can make me unfruitful, unproductive man, 
That, 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 that breaks God's heart a little bit. And on the same time, if I'm not doing the work that God has called me to do, guess what? I'm not taking anyone else to heaven with me. And he loves that too. He loves that. Again, th- these are all thoughts that God has been really uh, challenging me with. Sorry. Bible down. Let me get back to my section here. Timothy. All right. I don't know about you, but when it comes to myself, I have had, just ask my wife, <laughs> I've had so many ideas of things that I've wanted to do as a deacon, things that I've wanted to do as outreach, things that i want to do. And, and years have gone by, and I haven't done any of them. Years have gone by. And it's a shame to myself that I have done. Sure, I do VBS every year. That's one week. That's one week. And I have 52 other weeks of the year to do something. That's a shame. I hope you're not like me and you use the excuses. I can do it later. You know, I have more time. Or I spend too much time focusing on worldly pleasures. Hey, I can go on Facebook right now and just kill some time. I could be making a phone call right now to encourage someone, but you know what? I'm just going to scroll through Facebook or maybe it's YouTube. I'll watch someone do some wood carving on YouTube or fix a car on YouTube. I mean, nothing, it's not bad. It's not bad, but I could be using that time to plan out some evangelistic outreach somewhere. I, I could be using that time more effectively. Um, I don't have to do it myself because someone else will. You know, it's not my responsibility to do X, Y, Z because God will have someone else do it. That's someone else's problem. Um, you know what? This, this is what I can't stand. It's not my responsibility. It's the elders. Guys, can I just say laziness is wrong. Laziness is wrong. It's bad in every every sense of the matter. God has not called us to be lazy people. When Jesus Christ was here on earth, was he ever lazy? He was the most unlazy person ever. He got up before sunrise every morning and prayed. Uh, to spend time with his father. He went everywhere. The crowds were with him. He never got a break. And he never said, you know what, guys? I need a break. I'm going on a three-day vacation. Get out of here, and I'll see you in three days after I get refreshed. No, he never did that. Now, I'm not saying taking time for yourself is not important. I'm not saying that. But I think that sometimes we take a lot of time to ourselves. We take a lot of time for ourselves. I've had some discussions in church, outside of church, with people here, people outside. And, and, and I've even had these thoughts too. And again, it's been really convicting me here. You know what we know what we need here at Brantford is we need more vision from our elders so we can be a productive church. It's their fault for not having vision, and that's why we're not excelling. They need to run the elders need to run more ministries so I can get behind them and support them. We're not growing because the elders are not doing effective work here at Brantford. You see, a lot of times we view the elders 
as the captains, as the generals of this church. They make the plans, and we follow the plans. I'm sorry, do you see Scripture anywhere? I don't see that. What I see in Scripture is we are all God's soldiers. We're all simple, infantry-level foot soldiers. We're all privates. We're all on the same level. No one in this room is a captain. Ain't nobody here making the plans. There's only one commander-in-chief, and that's who? Christ. Now listen, elders do have a special calling. What is the calling of an elder? To shepherd the flock. It is to devote themselves to what? Prayer and teaching the word. I don't see that saying, hey, it's their job to do the outreach. I don't see it as it is their job to do all the ministries, to do all the work, and then we support them. That's not in Scripture. That's wrong. And you know what that is? It stems from laziness. I want to blame them for my lack of doing the work. It's not their job to organize outreach events and various ministries. It's all of ours. We are the body of Christ. There is nothing that we cannot do because we are one in Him. We don't need someone else to start it. We can start it. Sure, we should share ideas with the elders. And sure, they should say, yes sir, no, that's a great idea or that's a bad idea. But I'll tell you what, everything that I've ever heard come across their path if it's a good idea and it seems like the Lord's leading, guess what they say? Awesome. Go do it. Support you. Hey, do you need money? Talk to the deacons. And guess what? Every single time, just the deacon side, right? Anytime anyone's ever come to us, the deacon say, guess what we say? Here's the credit card. Let's go do it. All right? Make it happen, guys. To be honest, I feel like we have Brantford, and again, I'm to me, right? You could be doing more. Outside of VBS, outside of our one week of vacation Bible school, what outreach do we have here? What has our name on it in the community? I can't think of much. Uh, maybe this. This is good. But I, I don't see us at all right now reaching out to our community. There are lost souls in here. And we're doing nothing to support them. Um. When people in our community are hungry, when people in our neighborhood are hurting, when they're depressed, when a tragedy strikes, maybe there's a fire and they lose their house. Or maybe there's an unexpected death in the family. Maybe they've lost their job unexpectedly and they have no way to, to survive. Or they've had an accident and now they lose their mobility. Where do they go 
maybe they need counseling or they need education. Where do people go in our community for help? It's not Brantford. They go to the government. They go to the government. They don't come here. And I think it's a shame. Because the government has no answers. They might have money, but they have no truth. We know the truth. We know the way. We know the, we know the one person who can provide for them hope and eternal salvation. They should be coming to us for help. Because we can give them something that no one else in the world can. We can give them the Lord Jesus Christ. I think it's to our shame. That's, that's what his church is going through right now. I, was like, you know what? I, I, I laid in bed last night. Just, it was crushing me. I was like, why? Because we're not reaching out to them. We're not trying to help them. I feel like we're very satisfied just chilling in here with ourselves. Coming on Sunday, hanging out with each other, loving on each other, supporting each other. That's great. And those are all very good things. But the number we have from our, our general is to go forth into the community. I, I don't feel it's doing that very much. And it, and it's bothering me. If the Lord's laying something on your heart to do, if He is impressing upon you a need in the community, Guess what you should do with that idea? Do something with it. The Lord's laying on your heart for a reason. What ideas, what plans, what visions do you have that the leadership here, and from a deacon point of view, can we support you with? Listen, maybe you just have an idea and you don't have all the answers. That's fine. Bring it to us. Let us help you. Let us give you advice. Let us help point you in the right direction. You know what? The Lord honors you taking one step at a time. Maybe the Lord will close doors and it will point you as a redirection somewhere else. But as long as you keep moving forward, guess what? He's glorified with that. And that brings a joy to his heart. It's when he impresses upon us to do something, and we do nothing with it, and we squander that idea. I think that breaks his heart. He has done so much for us. We should be thrilled and excited and motivated to get out there and do his work. What does it say in 2 Timothy again? No, sir, no one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. How many of us want to, above all else, please Jesus Christ? If that's true about you, if you really want to please your Savior, here's what he wants you to do. Come to church, one, to worship, two, in this room. Use your spiritual gift in a way that builds us up as a church as a body. And then other side of that is also use your gifts to go forth into the community to work as one to share the good news of Jesus Christ. There's no age limit on this. 
You cannot say, I am too young. I'm just a teenager. I can't do that. No. Teenagers, if the Lord has pressed upon your heart that there's a need somewhere, forget your age. Let's go do it. To those who have more wise wisdom years, guess what? You're not dead. You're still useful to the Lord. My grandmother is almost 103. She has been praying for 10, 20 years now to go home with the Lord. And she keeps saying, I don't know why I'm still here. And my answer, my dad's answer to her the other day was this. Grandma, stop sharing the gospel with all the nurses. Then you'll go. Because right now you're still useful. Yeah, she's in hospice. She can't move. The problem is, every single person that walks into her room gets the gospel. Grandma, you're still effective. You're still a, you're still fruitful for the Lord. Stop being fruitful for the Lord and you'll go home. Alright? But until that day, good for you, pleases the Lord, you've got a job to do. All of us in this room are not dead. Our day, there's no retirement plan in the Christian life. Okay? We have work to do. There are people out there dying and going to hell. We have a job to do. Second Peter is uh, another place I go to. Second Peter. When I'm feeling unproductive in my life, unfruitful, Here's where I go to get another swift kick in the butt. In Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> I will pick up verse 3. Alright, I really want to get down to... I'll, I'll read verse 8 so you can see why I'm getting it, okay? We'll read verse 8 and I'll go back to the beginning. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So now we're going to go back and read what will keep me from being an ineffective Christian. What will keep me from being an unproductive Christian? All right, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his glory and goodness. Do you guys get that? We have everything we need in this room between us and the Holy Spirit. We have everything we need to be an effective church for God. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this reason, make every effort. Make every effort in your lives to do this. You ready? To add to your faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being an ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, he is nearsighted and blind, and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. If you are an unproductive Christian, 
If you're an ineffective Christian right now, you have forgotten what you've been saved from. You have, been for, you have forgotten how much the Lord has saved you and done for you. What he did for you. Dwell on that for a minute. And that right alone should be enough motivation to get going. We have so much potential here. I don't want to one day see my Savior and have him say to me, Hey, Brian, what did you do with the talents that I gave you? Did you invest them? Did you make them grow? What about the thoughts and the ideas that I gave you to follow through with? What did you do with those? I don't want to be like the unfaithful servant who took the talents and buried them in the ground. I want to be saying, here, look, look, look what I did with it. I, I made it grow for you. I, I don't want that to be our conversation. There's some uh, passages in Scripture. I'm just going to read them out. Luke chapter 8. We know the story of the, the sower, right? Through the seed onto the field. And the seed that which fell among the thorns are they which when they have heard and go forth and are choked out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life and bring no fruit to perfection. See, there are Christians right now that heard the gospel, accepted the gospel, and they grew. But as soon as the things of this world came up, the distractions that go on around us, they produce no fruit for the Lord. Saved, yes. Going to heaven, yes. But they, they nothing to show for it when it, sorry, when it comes to producing fruit for the Lord. A good example of this uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 4 um, for Demas. Uh, if you don't know about Demas, uh, Demas was one of Paul's followers. And he started out great, left his home, followed Paul on some missionaries' journeys, uh, did some great work. But then in 2 Timothy chapter 4, it says this, For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and departed unto Thessalonica, and Cretans and Tudia and whatever. It keeps on going on. But he departed Paul. Why did he depart Paul? For the pleasures of this world. Does it say that he did? He fell into sin? He fell into pornography and left? Or he, for the greed of money he left? He fell into drugs and got out of here. Does it say that? It doesn't say he did anything evil or wrong, fell into deep sin. He just cared more about the stuff that this world had to offer. Got distracted by the things of this world and said, you know what? The Lord's service, I can put that to the side and worry about my own stuff right now. Again, none of the that it sounds like that he did was horribly bad stuff. He just cared more about the things of this world. What are the things in your life that are taking up your time, your attention, that might not be bad things. But they're taking first place instead of God's things. It 
2 Corinthians chapter 5, 9 says this, Therefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. Are you striving right now so hard in your walk for the Lord that if Jesus were to show up right now, you'd be pleasing to Him? Finding you doing good work as unto His name. Or would He find you wasting? Not that there's anything wrong with going to job during the day. Nothing that there's anything wrong with taking care of your family. Those are all good things that Christians should be doing. But with all the extra time that we have, always squandering it and wasting it. I've I, I just been personally challenged that I need to be doing more. Uh, maybe the same thoughts for you. Um, I just want the Lord to say, well done, good and faithful servant, when I get to heaven one day. And I can't change the past. But I do know that going forward, I have decisions to make. I have choice. And when I'm sitting down on the couch at night, scrolling through Netflix, or scrolling through my phone watching YouTube, what else could I be doing? Not that there's anything wrong with those shows, because I'm not watching anything immoral. Well, maybe Netflix is But <laughs> there's nothing that bad that I'm watching. It's just the fact that the hour every single night that I'm doing that, I could be doing something else for him. I could be planning out my next ministry. I could be making phone calls to encourage someone. There's something I could be doing for him. What is that thing that you could be doing for him? I didn't want to be a downer today. I really didn't. I just want to challenge. It's been a challenge to me. To get up, Brian, get moving, let's go do something. And, and I want all of you to hold me to that now. Okay, Brian, it's been a month now. What are you doing? You said something on Sunday, you're going to get going. What are you doing? All right? Listen, hold, to them, hold, hold each other accountable. All right? Hey, Casey, that was a really great idea you shared the other day. What are you doing about it? Let's get going. All right? Hey, let's move. As one, let's encourage each other. And spur each other on. If you need help, let's get help from each other. All right? This walk in life is not a single person doing it. We are to do things together as one. All right? Uh, <coughs> let's close the prayer. Lord, our God, we give you thanks that you saved us. We are not going to hell. We are going to heaven. A place that we did not earn, a place that we do not deserve. And one day we will spend eternity there with you. Thousands upon thousands of years, we will be with you forever. What an amazing time that will be. Till then, Lord, we have 60, 70, 80, maybe 100 years on this earth. Help us, Lord, not to squander our time, waste it away. But may we be soldiers who are so entranced and focused on pleasing our commander that we do not engage ourselves or wrap ourselves up with civilian affairs. May we, Lord, not get distracted by the things of this world. Not that any of them in themselves are wrong, but they take up our time, our most precious resource for you. I pray that you'd help us to be effective and productive Christians for you. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen.